Hey, I'm Alex Backus, and you're listening to Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. It's a show by Chris and Neil with all great movies. They are the real deal. We watch them all so you don't have to. It's movies that don't suck and some that do. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, welcome to another episode of Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. My name is Neil. And I'm Chris. And today we are giving you a review and another interview. So again, from the Panic Film Fest. And if you don't, guys don't know what the Panic Film Fest is, well, I don't know how you don't know because it's been <laughs> going on for 10 years now. This is the 10th year anniversary. It is the Panic Film Fest in North Kansas City. It is literally at the Screenland Armor, one of the greatest theaters in the entire mm-hmm. United States of America, if not the entire planet. I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. It is. Uh, they're fun. The people there are good. They are abdit movie watchers. Um, you can find all the information out about Panic Film Fest at panicfilmfest.com or Facebook backslash Panic Film Fest. Now, at this time, uh, the movie that we are going to be reviewing this week is not a movie, but a short film. A, a short film. It is just a nice little 10 minute short film. Mm-hmm. Um, called That's Our Time. Now, we're going to give more information about it out here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have any clips because the, the clips would ruin it. Everything else would ruin it. So we'll talk about it in just a couple of minutes. But first, me and Chris are going to inform you about more about where you can go to see little shorts like this during the Panic Film Fest. Now, Chris, what is it called on PanicFilmFestival.com that you can go to? Well, there's there's a virtual schedule you can buy tickets for, and that's uh, the app called Eventive, and you can see the shorts there. Also, if you go to The Gather, which is also in their link, and they have little screening rooms where you can watch short films there. It's all really cool um, the way they do it. So uh, go to PanicFilmFest.com. You'll find the link for the gather. You'll find the virtual schedule. Um, and I don't, by the time this comes out, it might be over, but stick around for next year because it comes back every year, and it's always fantastic. And they have a ton of a t-shirts. Ton I of just, stuff, yeah. I, yeah, I just clicked on, including, uh, if you're not watching the video right now, I'm wearing one right now of this year's uh, Panic Film they're Festival. Killers, aren't they? They're, they're the best they're they're killer. They got, they got ones, they even got, mo- they got movie ones too of like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Shining, Evil Dead, stuff like that. They have, uh, looks like Panic Fest shirts going back for at least the last five years mm-hmm. on here. Yeah. At least. Yeah. At minimum. I got like five of them. I, I do have like a shirt for a year plus other stuff. So, yeah, man. Oh, my gosh. So, it, it's really cool. Guys, make sure to go to PanicFilmFestival.com. Now, the person that we interviewed for this, uh, this episode is none other than Alex Backus. I was going to say his name. I was hiccuping. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Sorry, you very yeah. much, sir. Thank you, Alex Backus. Now, Alex Backus, if you don't know, uh, not only created this short, he created a short called uh, Kick, which Great. you can go find that on, I think it was on Vimo. I oh, or Alex or, Does Stuff is a website, Alex Does Stuff. Is it Alex Does Stuff? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. AlexDoesStuff.com. Uh, he has a bunch of his stuff on there, including uh, his work with Star Wars, The Old Republic, the online gaming, uh, the Elder Scrolls online gaming events. He did that one that he named after me called the Blackwood. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't know me. He didn't know that uh, I existed. That uh, yeah, never knows uh, to get some reparations, hopefully. Yeah, uh, things for shark bites uh, and other game trailers he's done and stuff like that. And that's our time. I'm sure, I'm guessing after it does its rounds. It'll be on there, yeah. Sure. It'll be on this uh, site as well. Um, now, uh, if you don't know about Alex, Alex, uh, is he hails from uh, originally from Northern California, residing in the, now he resides in the smog of Southern California. Alex <laughs> has been a working creative in Los Angeles for many years, almost 20 years now, uh, from his early days of performing at improv in both underground theaters and comedy staples like the Second City and the Upright Citizens Brigade. Um Alex applies to the core philosophies of his time on stage into his work and his award-winning writing and directing. Now, the movie that we're talking about or the little show, I'm going to, I don't want to use the word little. Yeah. Cause it's not little. It's a, it's a short. Yeah. yeah. But the short that he uh, records is uh, it's called that's our time. Chris, tell us the information about it. So it's directed by Alex Backus, and it's also written by Alex Backus and his writing partner, Josh Callahan. This stars Marky Richardson as Danny, Deborah Wilson as Dr. Miller. It also has a Sarah Almini as Monica, and Josh Callahan shows up in this as Doug. And then there's David Alfano as Kevin. Once read the storyline for this one, Neil. Oh, I love the storyline for mm -hmm. this one. I'll be more happy. Danny is unable to make connections with the people in his life. Now his sympathetic therapist tries to help him realize that it's more important to focus on the time you have left than the time you've already spent. So the, I, I don't want to talk too much about this because it's it's eight it's like ten minutes you can watch it and it's it's what time we're we're, we're spent. Uh, I love the way it looks, uh, the way it feels, I love the dialogue. Marky and Deborah did an amazing job. The chemistry is immediate. For just a 10-minute film, I felt like I knew both of them after a minute and a half into this. Yes, and the 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 dumps and dives that goes through this, like by any means, uh, the best way to say is that it has a twist. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I don't want to ruin the twist. We don't want to ruin the twist because, mm -hmm. believe me, it's one of those that um, – Alex explained it best when we have this interview with him in a little bit yeah. is that when you're done, when he's, when the, when the, the credits hit, when the credits hit, he wants to hear the whispers. Yeah. He wants to be like, Oh my gosh, yeah. did you see that? Yeah. Did you see that coming? Did you see that? Understand it. He wants people to talk. Mm -hmm. And during this, if you don't think you're going to talk, Man, I, I don't even know. Um, in fact, the best way to, to say this is just you have to find That's Our Time. If you don't find it now, I'm going to tell you right now, um, he is actually working, and like he, he'll say in this interview coming up, he is working on creating this into a full feature film, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which, um, gosh, even this 10 minutes feels like a full feature film. And, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not saying that it's because it feels long. No, it just feels like you you saw a story. Yeah, you complete story and you get an idea of who these characters are just in the short time that you did it, mm -hmm. which is really impressive. Yeah, and I mean it has to be because you know he wrote a story called Blackwood at one point, <laughs> and that must have gave him the influence 
um, for everything that they did. But um, one, uh, we do have to give you a little warning. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this interview, we do butcher his name the entire yeah. interview. I feel bad about it. <laughs> I feel and bad we feel bad because he didn't even correct us. He yeah. said it right at the end, yeah. and that's when we caught that we were butchering his name. And it was both of us. It wasn't just yeah. your favorite host, Neil. Oh, it on. was also <laughs> your second-rate host, Chris. And <laughs> but we literally butchered this dude's name. Yeah, we're sorry, Alex. Hell. We're sorry, and Alex. we apologized for him. And he's like, "You don't even have to tell him that. You know, it is. It's okay. Yeah. I, I'm okay." And but, I was uh, like, "Okay, well, we don't we, we don't have quotes for this one because we don't want to give anything away." Uh, and to be honest, the best way to do this because uh, there's not going to be a rating yeah. system on Rotten Tomatoes because yeah. this is a short. Yeah. There isn't going to be anything like that. So the best way to say is. Uh, I gave it a ten. It's a ten. It's a ten. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great short. You guys should really check this out. We'll let you know when it's out available. Like we do for all the paying film fest movies we do. Whenever they're available, we uh, shout from the mountaintops. But keep your eyes peeled for that's our time. But yeah, Alex and, I, and to be honest, if we're giving it a, a real rating, mm-hmm. I'll give this like a four point eight. Mm-hmm. All I'm day with long. you on that. This is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, this because for being ten minutes, you get you get the the you are you get some character depth, mm-hmm. and you just don't see what's coming. It looks and, so good. This thing was shot so oh, well. The cinematography in this and is the set ridiculous. decoration, everything about it, man, is just this fantastic. Is the second. And again, this is his second time directing real humans. Like usually he's done video games, he's done cartoons and he's done stuff like that. Um, But you can already tell he's going to leave some bounds. If we don't see something crazy from Alex in the next five years, I would, I would be like, I would 100% not. We'll email him. He's like, where's your shit, dude? We love it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And then we'll find out that he's like a crackhead in an alley. Cause that's literally the only way that this guy does not get, some great yeah, he's, art. He's out, driven. Some man. great film. The guy's driven. He's driven. We could tell it in that. So um that's our review of this. We don't want to spoil too yeah. much of it, but it, it is called That's Our Time. Uh, it was on the Panic Film Fest uh, Festival uh website, but uh go to um Alex Does uh, Stuff. AlexDustuff.com. He has a whole list of stuff there with the advertised there. If you can't find it there literally find it i don't care how you find it i don't care if if you decide to become a pirate for a day i don't care whatever you have to do this was worth all 10 minutes of it i don't know if it's worth 10 years but it's still worth yeah, 10 yeah, minutes yeah, yeah, for sure <laughs> but, uh, and so just leading into now this is our interview with um What's his name again? Alex Backus. <laughs> Backus. I keep on messing yeah, me that too. up. Yeah, uh, Alex yeah. Backus. Is- and you'll notice that the entire time <laughs> during this interview coming up. Alex Backus, everybody. Uh, here's the interview with him uh, for this year's 2023 Panic Film Festival. It's a show by Chris and Neil with all great movies. They are the real deal. We watch them all so you don't have to. It's movies that don't suck and some that do. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, welcome to another episode of Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. My name is Neil. And I'm Chris. 
And today we are continuing our road to coverage of the 10th anniversary of Panic Film Fest. The Panic Film Fest is one of the most premier horror festivals in all of the world. It introduces viewers to everything from Hollywood blockbusters to new independent films and a vast variety of shorts as well. Make sure to grab all the information you want on their website at panicfilmfest.com or you can check them up at Facebook at Facebook backslash Panic Film Fest. You can go to every to their virtual world where you get to play around in like an 8-bit world. It's mm-hmm. like being in a, what's the best way to say it? Like uh, an MMA for a 8-bit arcade, I guess? I, mean, I, I don't know. It's isometric. It's, it's like if Nintendo did the, the Sims. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, if yeah. Nintendo did the Sims. That's right, yeah. Now, uh, today, continuing our road down the Panic Film Fest, uh, we are... Today, listeners, we have a good treat for you. He is a creator of Shark Bites. This man has created such online gaming stories as Elder Scrolls uh, Online, High Isle, and Blackwood, Deadlands, and Demission. Star Wars Old Republic Disorder. Also, um, the creator of awesome and a awesome and very brutal short called <laughs> kick he is uh here now to talk to about his new short film uh featured at this year's panic film festival that's our time the story of a man who's unable to make connections with people in his life his symbiotic uh therapist tries to help him realize that it's more important to focus on the time you have left than the time you've already spent the one the only Alex Beggs. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> you are right. You are a serial researcher. That was impressive. Good job. Good job. Yeah, you did past- your research. Everyone gets gold stars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was also going to mention that you were also a, a Second City before, too, because I've I've gone to a lot of Second City when I was back in Chicago. Uh, I used to go there, uh, watch a lot of uh, uh, great improv shows there. So, I mean... Awesome that you got to be a part of Second City. I mean, to (laughs) me, I I moved to Los Angeles when I was 18 years old, and the first thing I did was get into classes at the Second City (laughs) in Hollywood. That was like, as a kid, I had a coffee table book with all of these like 90s Second City alumni on it, and I was like, I want to do that, I want to make people laugh. Well, you you definitely been doing that, uh, but. Also scared because I watch your, your, your kicks, uh, your uh, short kick, and of course, this new one. That's our time. And they're both great. They're both amazing. So, yeah, I mean, it's a fun, it's an easy jump from comedy to horror. They're not oh, that yeah. different. They're not that different, surprisingly. They're <laughs> just, you know, someone falling down the stairs and, you know, like Benny Hill cracking their neck and getting up and going about their day is funny. Someone <laughs> falling down the stairs, cracking their neck and just staying down is horror. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, how did the idea of uh, That's Our Time became? Because to be honest, it is like – to be honest to me, it almost lends itself to be out to be like, you can make that like a five hour movie, you know, like, because the story is so great. And if you don't pick up on the aspects of it and here, we're not going to ruin, you know, the twist. Uh, but where did the idea of that come for you? Well, I mean, like you said, second city earlier, my writing partner, Josh Callahan and I, it, most of the stuff we do starts off as a sketch that we would think would be funny. If it makes us laugh and we joke around, we will kind of, uh, we'll poke at that thread and we'll, we'll pull at it. We'll tug at it until we kind of either reveal something that we're interested in pursuing or if we 
joke around about something and we forget about it in three days, that usually means that it either A, wasn't funny enough or B, just didn't stick with us. So this, it's very hard to talk about the short without spoiling it. <laughs> yeah. So I can't really tell you what that sketch was, Yeah. but I can tell you offline. And then if any listeners see it and then they want to know what the sketch idea was, I'd be happy to tell them via social media. Okay, so. But yeah, it started, it started as a sketch and it just kind of slowly morphed. I mean, we were feeling a certain kind of way, like most people were in the pandemic. We were kind of exploring some of those feelings. Uh, I was hit particularly hard with a series of like random tragedies that happened over the pandemic. And and I'm, I'm, I'm 30. Oh boy. I can't even remember how old I'm. I'm 37 now. I'm 37. And it was kind of my first good year of like, oh my goodness, like friends are getting sick that are my age. People in my life that I've known for a long time are tragically passing away. It was just like kind of a strange, uh, just kind of being surrounded by right. stuff that, you know, for lack of a better word, I was privileged and blessed to not have experienced a mm-hmm. lot up until this age. And I told Josh, I said, I just want to, explore some of those themes it seems like if the universe is telling me all of this and showing me all of this i probably need to look inward and like any artist usually i kind of turn to my art to help me process uh, things that are particularly difficult yeah um how did um marquee and deborah wilson get involved in this because they were incredible they fit the rules so perfectly uh, Marky is a dear friend of mine. Oh, so nice. I've known Marky for a long time. Uh, his wife is very good friends with my wife and we had always wanted to work together. Um, but just the right thing hadn't really come up. But when Josh and I finished this script, he was the, I sent it to two people. I sent it to my producer, Steve, and I sent it to Marky. And I said, Marky, I think that this might be, a good one for us to work on for the first time together. If you're interested, give it a read and let me know. And he gave it a read. He got back to me like, I think either the next day or two days (laughs) later and just said, I got to do this. This is perfect. I this is exactly what I've wanted to do in my next uh, steps of my career. And I said, well, then we're speaking the same language. Uh, In regards to Deborah, Mm -hmm. that was a little bit more of your traditional casting process. All right. So we knew we knew we needed our therapist to be somebody that Marquis character without spoiling anything would sit down with and be so intrigued by her that she would almost envelop him with her philosophy. Mm-hmm. And when you meet Deborah, like Deborah is so supremely 100% authentic to herself that it could only have been Deborah Wilson. It was it was my wife's idea. She said, you know, I just ran into my friend who's doing a video game with Deborah Wilson. And mm-hmm. this therapist you're describing sounds like Deborah Wilson. And I said, Deborah Wilson is such a stroke of genius for this therapist. And we shot Deborah an email and Deborah read the script. I had one call with her and I could tell right away that she was super into it. And yeah, we just kind of went from there. So, I mean, a lot of it was just kind of emailing people, sending stuff out, having them read the material first. You know, I think the 
if I can speak for Josh and I, and I think a lot of people who make short films don't quite understand this, which is the importance of a good script Mm -hmm. before you start making it. That makes a world of difference when you're, when you're in production and in pre-production, because if you have a strong script and you've done the work there, people will a try to elevate to that and B you're going to attract the type of talent you want to be working with. If they're reading a script that is already compelling, Mm -hmm. if they can see the vision in the script, you've already done your job. So, uh, I was I watched this um I've already watched it four or five times now and I was watching it last night. My wife walked into the room uh, halfway through it, sat down, and uh, she was looking at her phone. By the time it was done, she was looking at it. It's like, can you restart that? That was fucking cool as shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I we so happy to hear. Yeah, yeah. We it's really honestly, it's really hard to get my wife into new something, watching something new, and to know that she was so into it was a testament to how good. Uh, that's our time is. Um, one of the things I really noticed when I was watching it is how how quickly you're able to flesh out a character. Like uh, a minute and a half into this thing, I, I sort of felt like I knew who Marquis was and who Deborah was. I sort of got an idea of how they are. So how are you able to flesh out a character in such a short time? Improv, man. <laughs> I mean, when you, when, when you, when you learn to, again, I, I, I preach that gospel mm-hmm. for anyone that wants to get into writing. Josh and I met at the second city. Uh, that's where we learned. I, I would have never considered myself a writer. I have the worst grammar on the planet. I got ADHD <laughs> in a way you cannot understand. Josh, on the other hand, is an incredibly gifted writer, has incredible grammar, and totally understands structure in a way that I don't. So the two of us are ideas and kind of, I'm all about like, how can we do something you haven't seen and how can we make it visually crazy and weird? And Josh is like, okay, but yeah, what happens and why do our characters do what they do and why do they care? And those kind of things mold into what you see but to answer your question Mm -hmm. when you improvise you have three lines to establish that what your the scene partner's name is they name you name them they name you you say what you're doing there and why you're doing what you're doing and if you can get that out in your first five lines then the audience can go along with you as you make up this story but if nobody's clear on what's going on yeah it, we've all seen bad improv. It's usually because you don't understand what's happening in right. the scene. And if you don't understand, there's a good chance they don't understand <laughs> the improvisers. So for me, especially in a short film, it's so important to very, very, very quickly establish the things that we need to know before we get into the story or else people are going to start to drift. You know, it's like the who, the what, the where, and then the why. Mm -hmm. And then very specifically, when you're doing a twisty thing, kind of what we're doing, usually you reserve one of those to the end, right? So for our film, without spoiling it, we're probably probably removing the who, right? (laughs) Or or the why, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of holding back that and then at the end you're presented with it and you're out because you've learned everything you need to learn about this story so i mean it really is just like years of doing live improv comedy and 
taking those philosophies and kind of attributing them to a short film. Now, um, not just your short film here, but I mean, you've worked on, you know, some video game storylines as well. Uh, One of them I'm probably going to have to sue you for because (laughs) my name is Neil Blackwood and I feel like I I need to get some, uh, uh, what what, were repercussions on that? Some some residuals. residuals. (laughs) But, uh, um, so like, uh, the difference between writing, you know, uh, uh, where you got, you know, your ability to just do whatever you want, and I'm saying like uh, Star Wars, Old Republic, or even, um, you know, uh, Elder, Chris, say it for me. Elder but, Scrolls? What are you talking yes. about? Yes. Thank you. Elder Scrolls, thank you. <laughs> I, I worked 16 hours yesterday, bro. I, I literally, I worked record store day. I worked at a farmer's market. It was a long day yesterday. Anyway, uh, so sorry about that. But anyway, so what's the difference? Do they give you like a guideline when you're working for like the Star Wars universe and like compared to, you know, having your own able open ability or how do they guide you over in the, like those kind of places? Well, it's all, everybody's different. So every client, every client has a kind of a different way of approaching. Uh, I've kind of dabbled in all sorts of different places in the video game space. Uh, Mm -hmm. So for Elder Scrolls, I direct and write with Josh these, these, um, they're almost like lore marketing pieces. So they're like, we, we throw them up uh, for like each new expansion. And it's a way for the player to learn the story really quickly kind of understand what's going on mm-hmm. and uh, decide whether they want to dive into the game. So for something like Elder Scrolls, like their lore is baked in. So their lore team, they tell us what it is. We ingest it, digest it. And then we kind of like figure out how to very quickly in like five minutes, psych the player up to want to jump into that game. For something like Star Wars, that was like a straight short film mm-hmm. that we wrote. Yeah, So well, like incredible. that was... Oh, thank you. We're very proud yeah. of Disorder. The Neil Upadie who directed that absolutely crushed it. We, for something like Star Wars, that was a, I would say just kind of like we're thinking something like this and mm-hmm. then kind of go off and, and write something. And then you deliver drafts to the client, which in this case was BioWare and Lucasfilm, and they would read it and they would send back notes and we would, we would refine and refine and refine until usually, even if you're, you're always going to get to the deadline, like the last available second to work on just because <laughs> like, why not? Yeah. Why not keep trying to make it as good as right. possible? Very rarely are you like, dang, we beat our deadline by a week. Like now you're going to be working <laughs> yeah. on that to the bitter end. And with that, we just, Josh and I sat down and we just said, okay, like, if we wanted to, if we had one shot to work on Star Wars, which I am a huge fan of, I grew yeah. up on it. I'm sure, like both of you, yeah. like anybody who loves film, yeah. uh, it's pretty hard to have not been touched by Star Wars in some kind of Absolutely. way. For us, it was if we get one shot to touch this, what what would be cool? <laughs> like, what could be like how how cool could we make it in eight minutes? Right. And then we worked with Neil, uh, a couple of other on-staff writers that were kind of coming in and out and working with us and creating it. So for that, it was much more of a tr- traditional scripting process. Uh, and then when I work on a personal thing, the beauty of it is, is I don't answer to anyone. Yeah. yeah, I only answer to me, my taste, Josh, Josh's taste, uh, and anyone that's working on the project or someone who I send the script to. 
for notes. I mean, that's the dream, right? That's mm -hmm. why, yeah. that's why independent filmmakers make the films that they make is because they don't have a corporate entity over them telling them what to do. I mean, that's why when you go to a place like Panic Fest, there's a huge difference between the independent films you see and something like Renfield. Yeah. It's it's yeah. not just money and budget and Nicolas Cage. It's also there are eight production companies brought on to fund the yes. thing. There are multiple producers, creative producers, executive producers. You've got something as simple as like, hey, we can't show that thing in this country. So you've got to change that. So there's so many things that come in when you're making something for the studio system. And then when you're making something on your own, like that's our time, it's really just all about what is going to surprise me and delight me. And if I get one chance to like put something on screen for an audience, I want it. I want them to kind of see me in it. You know what I mean? I yeah. want them to see my, taste i'm not doing something to please them i'm doing it to please me and in turn if i like this thing someone else is probably going to like this thing i think that is the that's the big difference yeah. is that you're your and, own you're your critic when you're making it I, yourself and alex that's exactly how this actually podcast started me and chris noticed that there weren't people out there reviewing people uh movies honestly instead you got your critics that are like oh you know we're trying to make this sound better for this studio and in fact me and chris met at a D, &D group <laughs> like <laughs> that's how we nice. met and the first movie that we reviewed together was I, Tanya and the last Jedi, <laughs> uh, you know, were the two movies that we reviewed on our first episode, uh, which the last are... Jedi never heard of it. Did people talk about that? And someone talked about that? it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere. I saw that somewhere. Not, <laughs> some re something about some guy named Luke. I don't know yeah, who yeah. that guy is. Um, <laughs> So, like, uh, are you working on any other, like, any video games or anything coming out uh, soon? Because, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm you do have a good history stuff. at this point. I'm directing some stuff right now that I can't say, but mm -hmm. I do have – I'm working on some more stuff. Most recently, uh, I did some some very light story work on the new Need for Speed. <laughs> so, like, I kind of, like, jumped in and did, like, a bunch of random racer missions and stuff. Like, it was, it was fun. Like, I wouldn't call – when you think of uh, illicit street racing, I'm not the person that probably pops into most people. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, that was super fun. But mostly right now, we are just really actively working on a feature film based off of this short film. Oh, we are fucking awesome. We, yeah. we are trying to get a killer script written and get a feature of this thing made. And we've got some interest. We've got some momentum. So that's the big that's the big task right. right now. That's awesome. I'm really happy, happy to hear that. Um, so when it comes to, you're probably a gamer, right? Yeah. I mean, I would consider myself a, I would consider myself someone who plays and likes the video games that I like. Yeah. I wouldn't say like, I'll watch every movie that comes out. Yeah, sure. I'll engage right. with most every TV show. I will not play. I will every not video. play most every video so, game. So, I will play or select few. So what's your shit when it comes to playing video games? What, what, what do you love? Uh, 
I'm actually right now playing the Resident Evil 4 oh, me too. remake. Me too, because yeah. Because <laughs> the, the original Resident Evil 4 is my favorite video game. It's a great choice. So an easy, easy one to jump into. I've played, obviously I've played both of The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I played a ton of Destiny. I played. Oh that. my god! Like, right. It was like a sickness. I had to. Stop. Oh, uh, like, I had to stop. I thought but I was going to get divorced from my wife at one point because <laughs> that game. Like, it was yeah. like, it's like I got to make my guy. I got to get him up. When you, <laughs> like, when you were doing your research on me, you'll notice there's like a two-year gap of doing work. That's because I was playing Destiny. <laughs> I was so, I was so addicted to it. Yeah, that was. It, it, fantastic game i loved it but obviously like it got to the point where uh had to put that one down and note I, a bunch of my friends still play it still love it i just yeah i had to kind of choose do i want to play this or do i want to try to write more and focus more on my art and I that's why i had to that. uninstall stardew yeah. valley off my switch like <laughs> Like, literally with me, I had to give myself the rule. If it doesn't have an ending, I can't play it. Yeah. <laughs> it has that's to a, have an ending. That's a, that's a good philosophy. So I'm mostly just playing stuff that has an ending. Yep. <laughs> my wife would be like, did you beat that? I'm like, well, you don't really beat that. And she's like, oh. <laughs> and just walk away. Yeah. So I was like, not the answers you wanted to hear. Yeah, so my wife says the same thing about buying of Isaac. I'm like, no, not really. You don't ever beat it. <laughs> now, um, jumping back to um, to uh, that's our time. This uh, the, the cinematography in that that is just. I mean, the colors are and the bright, set, set decoration, bright. all that stuff is yes, incredible. like um, was that more of uh, Danny's influence into that, or was that uh, more of your vision? Or uh, because I love how the collars just pop in that in that short. Totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's definitely a collaboration. Mm -hmm. Like I. When I first approached Danny, I said, okay, this is what I'm thinking. We've got two color worlds. We've got, uh, I definitely want to shoot it on anamorphic. I have a shot list. This is what I want to do. And then Danny kind of uh, takes in what my vision is. And then he figures out the best way to achieve that as a cinematographer. So mm -hmm. the images you're looking at on screen, Danny crafted them, but they were in my head. If yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. like, it's like a good it's a good hybrid. Like I could never achieve something that looks as good as what Danny achieved. Like he is a brilliant cinematographer, but like in terms of like colors and kind of what we're seeing in each room and what the production design looks like, I'm sort of the, the center hub of that bike wheel. And then all of my department heads kind of spoke off. Like they, they all kind of reach off and we make this wheel and then we roll together. So Elizabeth, our production designer, uh, I kind of told her what I was thinking. She put together a mood board. I told her I like this. I like this. I don't like this. And she goes off and she gets those things. We location scout. Everything kind of moves together all through kind of the vision that's in my head. And, and, and this vision was in my head as we were scripting it. Oh, cool. Like what, what you're seeing is what it looked like <laughs> in my head while we were writing it. It always looked like that. So it's just a matter of right. trying to achieve that every step of the way. And everybody's kind of servicing that vision. I'm very, 
very happy and proud of the way that the short film looks and mm -hmm. how it turned out. It was like very important to me that it just be a striking image to look at. Other, otherwise, like, like why do it? Yeah. Like, you know, like I, I, for, for me, that's such a thing. Like yeah. when I'm watching movies, I care so much about the image that's being shown to me. I mean, movies are, light and sound those are the two things the image and the sound those are so important to the craft and if you don't take those things and those parts of the craft seriously it shows in the and that's not saying like don't get out and make stuff if you don't if you don't have a cinema camera that's not sure. at all what i'm saying you should be practicing you should be honing your craft but you should be caring about all of those things as much as you can possibly care about them pending your budget budgetary restraints. Sure. They're the most important right. things. Story, the visuals and the sound, like those three things make up the art form. And if you're not if you're skipping steps, it's going to show when it pops up on the screen. Now, um the the short now I again, like I said, we've been going deep diving into yeah. your all your what what we can find on the interwebs of you <laughs> by the way you haven't updated your facebook since 2019 just want you to know that, that. <laughs> technically here's the truth about that that facebook has been deactivated <laughs> wow. years, but some of these film festivals have like facebook groups yeah. so it's like all right i guess i'll undo this and i'll <laughs> Join a Facebook group. I have, now that you reminded me, I got to go deactivate it right <laughs> after this call. I'm going to go deactivate my Facebook. I hate Facebook. I truly hate it. <laughs> um, so, like, so when we're looking into some of your stuff, um, one of the um, things that definitely popped up was the short that you made called Kick. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, Again, I love the idea of of the short kick. Uh, one kick is weird, man. It is, <laughs> kick it is, is weird. a strange one. But I was just like, okay, cool, all right. Oh. I, I, love so little I love the little details. I love the little details. Like the book she was reading before she went over the house. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, We catch yeah. up on these things, and so like, uh, was filming this uh that that's our time like different than how you filmed kick or was kick kind of like your first time doing like a real like real life um you know filming kick kick was my first time directing mm -hmm. a narrative short film so like kick was my first time story shooting get it on the get it on, do an editing suite, edit it, and get it into film festivals. Now, Kick is not my story. So I directed Kick with my dear friend, Tanner, who had directed tons of shorts. And originally, he was like, hey, I kind of want you to be in this. I want you to be in Kick. And I said, you know, man, I'm just not acting anymore. I don't really like it. I'm, I, I want to step into directing. I want to start directing more. Mm -hmm. I'm much more passionate about it. And Tanner said, great. You want to direct it with me? I just want to, I just want to work with you. I like working with you. So the idea had already been baked in. Uh, Patty Doheny had written the script and we had started working on it. And the original story, uh, for those of you listening, it's about a young woman who's pregnant who goes over to her neighbor's house because she hears some noise and kind of chaos ensues from there. 
Um, the original story was uh, a, a man goes over uh, with his pregnant wife sleeping, and he's like, you need to keep it down. My pregnant wife is sleeping. And we got a note. Again, we send out the script looking for opinions from our close friends. And someone said, I got to be honest with you. I feel like the more interesting version of this story is the pregnant woman goes over to tell people to shut up. Yes. Yeah. And it, uh, that note came from Sam Sheckman and my wife, who plays Paige. My wife oh, plays cool. uh, oh, okay. the woman. Um, they both said it, and we went, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> so we went off, went off, rewrote the script, and then shot Kick. Kick was, Kick was harder in some sense because Kick has so much – more blocking and so much more things going on in it. Like the story is much, much stranger than that's our time. I think, I think that's our time is twistier, but like, and a little yeah. bit more of a thinker mm -hmm. than kick is kick is kind of just insanity. Um, a lot of so it. <laughs> the, the real difference I think between the two of them just was like the sheer amount of shots we needed to achieve for, for kick versus that's our time that's our time was much more of an like get these actors in a room and let them cook whereas kick was like okay we got that we we got to move on we right. like need to move on right now because we're falling behind <laughs> i mean yeah I, I i loved kick and i love uh that's our time i was really impressed I, for some reason when i got the email it went straight to my spam for some reason and i checked i'm like why didn't i see this before you know um <laughs> Yeah, kick remind mind me of this time I got invited to a party. I walked in the door and I was like, no, this ain't the party for me. I got to go. <laughs> that's what it kind of reminded me of when uh, the when the pregnant lady uh, realizes what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> it's like, I think, I feel like we can spoil kick because it's not on the yeah. festival. She basically goes over to her neighbor's house. She thinks they're having a party, but it's like a crazy BDSM <laughs> yeah, like, dominatrix yeah. fucking night with these like old people just like whipping each other. And then like this big dude in a giant gimp costume like chases <laughs> her around for like for like 10 minutes. It's wild. Yeah, it's, it's just strange. It, it's and I, and I and I repeat, it was not my story. <laughs> it was not my story. We have a. We have a friend named Jeff that I'm going to buy that costume for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I think it's on Amazon. I think we just looked up like 3XL gift costume. Like, you can get it tomorrow. Jeff Bezos will drop it off. All right. So, good. Oh, my God. So, uh, as a director, what do you think is the most important quality to possess uh, that would win to being a director? Uh, like, what's the most important, uh, like, place to start or the, what's the most important thing like to think about when you're directing? Like what do you think a director needs to have, need to have before they start directing? Taste. Yeah. Like, I think it's really that simple. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have, you have to have opinions yeah, sure. and you have to have to have thoughts. You have to, you have to know what you want. You have to have a vision. Mm -hmm. And if you can't create that vision, it's going to suffer because everybody's looking to you to have that. It's not your DP's job to know what the image looks like. It's his job to help you achieve what you want that image to look like. Like what I was saying for Danny, it is not up to my production designer to go design everything because they don't know what the actors are doing. 
Right. Are they standing up? Are they sitting down? Are they running? What's the camera doing? Are we going to even see this wall? Right. We're not even going to see that wall. Don't set deck it. So there's this kind of like, there's a balance and it's really as simple as like ever since I was a kid, I always thought I just kind of had quirky taste and I was into weird stuff. And I think people recognize that in me. My mom always laughs because when I was in middle school, middle, like late middle school, early high school, like we had, I had to get like a suit for like, you know, weddings and family shit and going out to dinner and all this stuff that I never cared about. But you know what I hated about suits were when I was younger, fat ties were really popular. You guys remember Mm -hmm. these like Warner brothers, (laughs) like fat silk ties. And I was like, these are whack. I want like a skinny (laughs) tie. I want like a, Mm, like a little thin tie, like a little reservoir dog's tie. Give me a little, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and my mom was like, Alex, they don't sell those anywhere. You're going to have to go to like a weird thrift shop in Berkeley to find that. I was like, that's what I'm, I'm going to go to Berkeley. It's <laughs> so like, go to Berkeley, I get a little thin black tie and I'm wearing that. And everyone's like, look at this. He looks like a, he looks like a 1960s greaser in this stupid tie. <laughs> everyone was like judging me. And I was like, ah, my skinny black tie is cool. And then like four years later, like fat ties were gone. All you could buy were skinny ties. <laughs> always left. She's like, you and that fucking skinny tie. Like, everybody, you had to have your skinny tie like five years early. And I think that is like, that's like the little secret. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of knowing what's going to be a thing or what's the thing. And, kind of being super interested in what all these different artists are doing and kind of engaging with it. That's why panic fest. I'm so happy we got into panic. Fest. Because when I look at panic fest, I'm like this in like four years, I was telling the programmers that is going to be like the biggest genre festival in the country. You can feel it. It's like, they take everything super seriously. The branding's amazing. The, the selections are great. Mm-hmm. The theater is really cool. And the audience is super engaged. Like all the things you need for a successful film festival, they're doing in spades there. So for me, I think that's the most important thing as a director is just really love the things that you love and try to harness what you like about them into kind of a forward vision as an artist. I tell everyone my favorite year, uh, time of year is Panic Fest because it's oh yeah, it's it's such a blast. Every I go every year, and the, these past few years we've been lucky enough to be able to cover it as a press. You know, yeah, but I've been go- we've been going to that since before then. He, he's been going for years, and yeah. we've been covering movies from it for for just shits and giggles until yeah. they they're finally like, hey, you want to be press for us? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, for but, sure. When I used to live in Kansas City, it would have been easier. I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma now, so it's like, you know, a five-hour drive to try to get up there. And plus, I work in local radio here, so it's like, you know, it's hard to just yeah. be like, hey, I can go to a whole week in Kansas City <laughs> to hang out. Um, now, um, now, do you have any – well, no, you told us you could you, – there's stuff that you're working on you can't really tell us about. Um, we we write down all our questions. It's in a back Fair. and forth for each other, so, we, so we're on top of stuff for you. Um, what advice – okay, so one of my favorite questions to ask every person that we get to talk to, especially uh, directors and um, writers uh, here at the Panic Fest, what – advice can you give to up-and-comers that are just starting off that are just like man i'm having a hard go of it but what's the best advice you can give to new up-and-comers uh trying to break into the industry 
Totally. I think um, the first big one is that it's a numbers game. Mm -hmm. Just stick it out. Stick it out. As hard as, like, get, if you got to work three jobs, work three jobs. Stick it out. Because that that's what separates people are the people that, I mean, I jokingly say like, I have a sickness for wanting to do this mm -hmm. right. and I am just like feverishly ferociously just trying to achieve that dream at all times. And you have to want it more for yourself because nobody's going to give you permission to do it. Nobody's going to try and, you know, do it for right. you. So really like, honestly, the best advice is just, just stick it out. And if you're, if you're referring very specifically to like people that move to LA, it's find a community as quickly as you can get into an improv class, get into an, even if you're a director, get into an acting class, yeah. get into a class, get around like-minded artists and individuals, make friends, work together, stick together. Like, I don't mean networking in the gross Hollywood networking yeah. way of saying it, but also I do mean that a little bit. Create a network of friends around you. See movies together. Go out to dinner together. Talk about movies. Talk about art. I have a, a dear, dear friend who's just like my directing friend who I see movies with because she will go see everything. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. She'll go see it. Yeah. And I think that like even having that is super super important and watch everything. Do not just watch what you like. Yeah. Watch exactly. everything. Challenge yourself. Like I love I love Marvel movies. They're great. I've lo I've been watching I see everyone in the theater. I haven't loved them so much lately, but <laughs> I do love I do love the MCU. I see all of them, but I also go see like every art house movie mm -hmm. in the theater. Every A twenty four movie, every you know, like I, I mean, that's what me and Chris why we work so well on this podcast is because as you can honestly see, I'm more of the comic book nerd, you know, and stuff like that, and Chris is more of the artistic. Uh, you know, Chris will send me a movie, and I'll be like, okay, why the hell am I watching this? Why am I watching? <laughs> and I watch it, and then we go to do the review for it, and I'll be like, "Dude, I love this movie! Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe well, this is the weirdest fucking shit I've ever seen." But uh, yeah, man, let's do more of this. And so uh, that's what I like about having that counteractive. I, I absolutely love what you're saying here because. Literally, me and Chris's love of movies. I, I used to live above a one-screen movie theater in a small Amazing. town in Indiana. He used to, you know, he grew up in Texas playing in a punk band. Yeah. You know, like, we, we're, like, literally other sides of the coins on so many aspects of what we like. It is, you know, he, he likes a ska band, and I'm like, I like death metal, you know? Like, it's, like, the opposite. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, but I... I, I... That's the other thing I didn't even really talk about. I mean, a lot of what you're seeing and that's our time and like kind of the hustle comes from my years of playing in punk bands. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like punk bands just do it themselves. Oh yeah. Like yeah, there's right. no, nobody, nobody out there is like feverishly desperate for more music from a <laughs> punk band. Like only, only people that love punk 
and love that band, want more of it. So, you know, I grew up in Northern California and a big thing in Northern California and the Northern California punk, punk scene is just DIY. Just mm-hmm. do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Just do it until someone starts asking you to do it. And that is kind of always been my approach. I just make shit and I see what sticks. So yeah, I mean, that's a punk, punk, punk music is a, a great thing to point independent artists to and be like, 100%. you can treat your films the same way these punk bands treat their music. Uh, you know, Dan, Dan, Daniel O'Connor, who did the music for that's our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in a band called four years strong oh, yeah. and him and I, him and I hit it off because just like we both loved movies and he said, Oh, I want to try doing music sometime. And I went, Hey, I just finished a short. You want to do the music? He's like, yeah, I'll do it. No sweat. Awesome. So like nice. get out there, meet people, network and engage and figure out what you love because people will come through for you. They'll help you out. So, uh, I always ask this question, and it's, Neil hates it when I ask it. But I'm I asking hate anyway. this question. I so, literally hate. And this it's because it's a hard question to answer. So, what is your favorite movie? <laughs> See how do you say how do you say your favorite one movie? Like if you say well, top ten, I get that. But like your favorite movie It changes, man. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm gonna I'm not gonna tell you right. I tell you what my favorite movie is right now. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah, right now, if you ask me what my favorite movie is, I would say Kill Bill: The Whole Bloody Affair. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, yes. So that's what I would say. I would say I count them as one movie. Yeah. So both of them together make my favorite movie. Uh, you know, movies that get that like have achieved favorite movie in mm-hmm. my life. E.T. Yeah. Ghostbusters. That's for sure. Uh, Back to the Future. Uh-huh. Um, the Last Black Man in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Royal wow, Tenenbaums. That... Uh, you can see the the in, inspiration from that, right? Oh, yeah, that, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, sim- yeah. the symmetrical aspect of uh, That's Our Time has a real sort of that, 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 that influence in it for sure. Yeah, yeah. You can – one. I, I, I love uh, talking about the influences because I think they're weird for that's mm-hmm. our time. When you hear what they are, it's like, oh, <laughs> E.T.? And it's like, uh-huh, it's there. You just got to look for it. <laughs> I think uh, E.T., Last Black Man in San Francisco, um, The Royal Tenenbaums, yeah. uh, and Social Network is another huge one for sure. me. I, I also oh, yeah. now, too, like, I, I kind of – and this is really cheating. Your question is now I kind of jump to favorite director. Oh, I'm with, I'm with you on that. Oh. I'm with you on that. I'm I, a big Fincher fan, big Astor fan. Now, uh, even Eggers has done three films, but they're all amazing. So yeah, I'm a yeah. big director guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, a, I'm a huge, uh, John Carpenter fan. <laughs> if you can't tell right there. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Uh, you know, there, here's a, here's a Carpenter thing for you. Uh, somebody, uh, gave that's our time like a half star out oh, of wow. five on Letterbox, and I was like, "Oh, that's brutal!" And then I saw they gave the thing a half star, and I went, "Great! Yeah. That is the greatest <laughs> movie ever." What? How? I got nothing for you. I got nothing Dude, for you. <laughs> I, I got a good story for the thing. Just five seconds or something. I was working a tattoo convention for the radio station a couple weeks ago, and there was a guy at this tattoo convention getting the thing poster completely tattooed across his entire Sick. back. And Sick. and the guy was paying the guy $3,000 a day to do this because oh. how much dark shadowing and all that stuff was. And me and the, me and the, the other uh, – me and the, the radio DJ were just, like, looking at this, like – 
dude, what the, like, that's like nine grand he goes, <laughs> <laughs> for your whole back. I go, Ooh. yeah, I guess nine grand for your entire life. Cause you're <laughs> not, not going to be able to cover that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That is, that is commitment to uh, a love for the thing, which is again, you know, I actually just saw the thing for the first time maybe two, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I finally watched it for the first time. It was one of those ones that everyone had just been telling me to watch. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then finally, one Halloween, I was like, all right, I'm doing the thing. It's time for oh. the thing. And of course, like, I was it, like, it holds up. Like, it holds up so yeah. well. I don't know. That it, they didn't have to remake it. It holds up now. You know, the original thing yeah, just. And- and and even like uh, my favorite is they live because the whole subliminal messaging mm-hmm. behind everything and stuff like that. How that even lives more in today's society, <laughs> yes, you know, than it did even then in 1989 when they they made the film. It's just like John Carpenter, what a genius! A big round of applause, John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> big round of applause for John. Okay, all right, John, you did it, John. So let's see. Uh, did we go through all the questions that you wanted, Chris? Yeah. We got anything else we're trying to look at? Uh, I mean, uh, only thing. Also, when we have a guest on the show, we're always asking to say something for us. Um, so, Alex, could you uh, just repeat this? Say, "Hi, I'm Alex Bax, uh, and you're listening to movies that don't suck and some that do." Great. Yeah. All right. We're ready. Uh, Hi, I'm Alex Backus, and you're listening to movies that suck and some that don't. Wait, is that what it is? <laughs> no, movies, movies that, that don't, don't, movies that don't suck. suck and I reversed it. Right. <laughs> movies that, I'm going to read it on my screen right oh, here. Sounds good. Movies that don't suck and some that do. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm Alex Backus, and you're listening to movies that don't suck and some that do. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So I'm going to now, Alex, I'm going to say this. You are a gentleman and a half, so we have been butchering your yeah, last uh, yeah, name. Yeah, I'm so That's sorry. Okay. Yeah. 30, That's okay. 30, 40 Backus. minutes, and yeah. you have not. Backus. I've been, get, I've been getting backs my whole life. I'm oh, so sorry. We're so sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Don't, even, um, don't even for a second even think about it. We had already started recording. I was like, I'm not going to hit these guys <laughs> in the direction while we record. I'm not going to do that to them. I'm not going to okay. do that to you. I'm not going to do it's you a, dirty. It's okay. With these Panic Fest ones, what we do is we we do a review like we normally do on our on our normal podcast. We don't normally interview people. This The interview thing is only for the Panic Film Fest. Sure, sure. So what, what, what we'll do is we, we're going to do like a good 10, 15-minute review of, you know, it's our time. That's our time, Go yeah. through some of the yeah, – uh, that's our time. And so we'll, we'll apologize for saying your name. Oh, you, 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 you're, you're, both, you're both very kind. You, you don't need to do that. But if you do, I appreciate it. It's a running gag in our podcast. <laughs> that I literally get all the names wrong all the time, <laughs> everywhere. Like uh, um, um, Taika, I can't, I, I can't even remember how many different times I've said his name the wrong way. Taika with Titi, you know, Taka with Kiki, you know, like I. You think it's something wrong and mutter the right way to say into the microphone? Yes, that's amazing. But uh, um. Go ahead, Chris. It was, uh, I want to say thanks for talking so much, Alex. It was a great time talking to you. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, boys. I really do appreciate it. And thank you for the kind words about the film. You know, I've worked on that thing for 17 months, and now that people are finally seeing it, it uh, feels really good to hear people kind of respond to it in a really positive way. So Uh 
Really, yeah. thank you so much. Oh, no problem. And, and I really hope this you do get this to make a good full length uh, film because I feel like there's a lot of things you could go into, like fingers telling crossed, or telling different stories and just the couple that you got of like where things would reflect and stuff mm-hmm. like that to review it back. It's kind of like I want to say it's almost like. Um, uh, Six cents, if you want to yeah. say that in a worse, you know, yeah. or it's just like uh, some people are going to maybe uh, see the foreshadowing. I'm not going to say some people saw foreshadowing <laughs> on six cents, but some yeah. people I know, uh, yeah. did. <laughs> uh, but uh, it seriously it just lends yourself to like really think about all the different aspects, especially when it all comes to the conclusion at the end, because it really shows that you're looking at through one set of eyes, but literally if you're looking through a yeah. totally different set of eyes. It inspires discussions just outside the movie. You're seeing it. It just, it to me, it just, yeah. it's begging to be talked about after you're done with it. And that's why I, I really wanted like my, one of my, there were a lot of main goals, but like one of my big goals was I wanted when it said directed by Alex Backus, mm-hmm. like in the credit sequence, like after he pulls the hood up and we go in and then yeah. it says directed by Alex I wanted to hear people start talking. Yeah. Like, that's what I care. I was like, if I, if I hear people go like, like <laughs> then I've done, I've done my job because Goodbye. I know that when I finish a movie that I love, the first thing I do, cause I haven't been talking for two and a half hours. I lean over to like my wife and go, that was fucking sick. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. like or something's awesome. Like, so for me, that is like the main thing. If people are just like, even if they're like, I hated it. It's like, at least you engaged with it. Right. Like, I won't say anything, but I think it sounds like you saw Bo is afraid. Cause you were talking yeah, about yes. Ari. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. yeah. So I've seen Bo is afraid and like, dude, that audience, like, you want to talk about a strange post, <laughs> like a credit vibe in an audience. Like I heard like people, there were people that shot up immediately and like ran out the door. Yeah. There were people that were like, I guess I'm just going to sit here through this whole credit sequence. <laughs> it was such a strange thing. So like, that's a perfect example of like, you elicit something. Yeah. As yeah. long as you elicit something, you've done your job. Yeah, I'm still trying to so. figure out how I feel about Bo's Afraid, but um, Same. I'm, I'm, leaning, I'm leaning towards liking it, I think. <laughs> That's where I'm going on that one. I'm, so, I'm, yeah. leaning, I'm leaning towards uh, that I that it's not for me, Yeah, but I can recognize why it mm-hmm. is going to be for some people. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. See, this, this is the kind of films he makes me go watch. Like this, uh, Bo is not afraid. Bo's is yeah. one of them that that, yeah. that we're not that we haven't reviewed yet because of all the Panic Film Fest. And he's like, "Well, this is the movie you need to go see." <laughs> but it's like, dude, I don't, I really don't have three hours right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and bro, you need three hours because yeah. that is healthy three hours. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I so it's evil dead rise. And then the bow is, it's okay, a, it's, it. there's masterclass of, of filmmaking in that thing. Just something that you'll never see anywhere else. Yeah. You're never going to see anything like it. Like it's definitely just as a movie lover, you should see it just like, but just know there's a good chance you walk out of that theater and you're like, man, fuck Chris for making <laughs> <laughs> like, or, or you're like, or you're like, 
Dan, that was wild, and I can't wait to talk about it. Oh on yeah, the I can't. So, I can't wait to talk about like, it. Uh, like, like two movies I always respect this back to is Requiem for a Dream, The Whale. Like great movies, awesome movies. I will never watch them again. <laughs> I will tell you to go watch them because yeah, yeah, they are yeah. good freaking movies. But I will never sit down and watch those movies again because totally. it, it got me some feelings in my insides where I'm like, okay, I don't feel good about anything I do in life now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one is going to be no different, yeah. unfortunately. So yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy. All right, well, All right, I'm boys. glad I live in Oklahoma where everything's legal. Um, anyway. <laughs> Alex, uh, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And um, when you guys post it, let me know. I'll oh, absolutely. About on all my socials and oh, that's, stuff. That's great to know. So, all right. Okay, yeah. Uh, Chris is the one that does all the editing, so he'll get us all sounding yeah, I'm, good. I'm producer. Yeah. Some things might be mixed <laughs> around, so you sound like you're saying different things to us. Like, no, yeah, no, I don't. No, do no, that. no, no, definitely, definitely, because I need to know when the check is in the mail for my Blackwood Elder Rings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But no, Alex, man, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yep. Keep creating because we love watching. And we'll, everything we'll champion you do, everything you do. No problem. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. you have a good day, man. All right, later. That's another episode of Movies That Don't Suck and Some Do. My name's Neil. And I'm Chris. And guys, no matter if it's a long time, a short time, a middle time, and I don't know how many, how many times that you see this time and that time and this movie at that time, remember that today, that's our time. So have a good day.